is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ramil, and we've got just a fun show that we're going to do. We've been talking all about these 11-game win streaks and Dion Waiters and all this nonsense, but um, we are going to look a little forward. And we're going to just do some hypothetical trades. David and I basically were texting earlier about hypothetical trades, and we're like, let's just make this the show today. And that's basically what we did. So David came up with some rules that I didn't know about until basically three minutes ago. So now I have to live by them. But go ahead and share them, David. Well, that's the kind of dictatorial rule I, I like to impose on all of my podcasts, Wes. You should know that by now. Now, in all reality, I mean, just for the sake of keeping this nice and brief, I thought it'd be good if we just had a few trade scenarios, each of us. We've got five minutes to break them down. Whoever proposes a trade has two minutes. Whoever hears the trade has two minutes to argue it, and maybe a minute uh, for extra leeway in case you go over. You know, it's just a podcast, so we're, we're not going to keep it. We're not going to be 100% bound. I'm not going to execute anybody unless I have to. So <laughs> I, I figure that's just the best way of keeping it short and sweet and uh, and presenting our case. So that, that's the best way to add some structure to what could be a very fun podcast. And you're going to be the timekeeper here, so I'm assuming that if yeah. you're talking, you're just going to just stop talking in the middle of your sentence when your time is up. And then if I'm uh, still yeah, exactly. talking, you're just going to like just scream at me saying stop talking or something like that. Yeah. What was that, that old TV show they used to have on PBS was a point counterpoint where somebody just yells. And when <laughs> right. you're in the middle of a, I think I saw a sketch like that for Saturday Night Live years ago. You know, <laughs> So I will just I'll just say wrong and move on to the next part of scene or something. <laughs> yeah. OK, we'll figure it out as we go along. This could get messy, but let's start, you know. Trade deadline is messy, so this is perfect. Let's That's get right. right into it, though, because I know listeners want to hear it. I'm going to go first. You're going to go second, and then we're going to kind of do that rotation here. So, all right, first trade. Here we go. The Miami Heat send Hassan Whiteside to the Portland Trailblazers. Not the trade I've proposed before. New trade. The Heat send Whiteside to the Trailblazers for Alan Crabb, Mason Plumley, and, Por- and a future first-round pick from Portland. This would give, basically, Miami an opportunity to sort of free up the 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 spacing of the team and kind of really hand this thing over to the backcourt of Goran Dragic and Deion Waiters. This is all assuming that the future, the Heat re-signed Deion Waiters, and now they have the money to give him what he will require to be paid to stay in Miami. So it would be Goran Dragic, Deion Waiters, Alan Crabb at small forward, because I really like this three-guard system that Miami is using, James Johnson slides in at the power forward spot, and Mason Plumley and Willie Reed is a great combo at center. I still think you could play that thing 48 minutes, pay them combined, still um, uh, uh, not as much as you were paying Whiteside, and get really good uh, contributions at the center position, and be able to go to a small by putting James Johnson at the five, and not feel worried that you're having a $23, $23 million center sitting on the bench at the end of games. So... 
that's kind of the idea. I like Alan Crabb as a small forward because this three-guard lineup that the Heat are using with Magruder at small forward I think works really well. And Crabb is a better catch-and-shoot guy. He doesn't demand the ball. You can get it to him when he's open. He'll increase the spacing of the offense. And all of it is basically built around getting Dragic and Waiters to the rim. So white side for Crabb, Plumley, and a first. Did I get that right? A future first, yeah. Okay. I actually like to deal. I, I think Crabb is a good defender, uh, a good floor spacer. I think he certainly adds a little stability there to the small forward position, which is kind of in flux. You know, now that the position is uh, arguably in Justice Winslow's hands while he recovers from injury, when he comes back, you assume he'll probably take that position over for Rodney Magruder. Um, so I, I like having a guy like Crab, who's used to coming off the bench if need be. He can come out. He can be a starter. Uh, and again, you know, he provides some versatility offensively and defensively. The problem is he struggled a little this year. Uh, I don't think he's been as good as he was last season. And I think there's also the problem of a rather large contract that a lot of Trailblazer fans have kind of beat up the organization for. And I think it was along the actually a little bit more expensive than what the, the, the Nets offered Tyler Johnson. So I know it was a similar situation where it was like four or five years for 70 million, give or take. Yeah, and he's making $18.5 million. And look, they're going to have to bite the bullet on that contract. That's fine. I think that's why you start him. I'm imagining Justice Winslow coming off the bench and playing the Andre Iguodala role. And then he sure. could come in and maybe play a little bit of power forward. And James Johnson can move to center. And now you have the death lineup with a bunch of floor spacers out there. My biggest concern would be if you can re-sign Plumlee. Now, Plums is a guy that I think both of us like. He, he does have some skills offensively. He sets hard screens. He hustles. But he's limited defensively. Um, so I think as a free agent, he'll probably wind up making less money just because he's not necessarily the kind of versatile offensive player teams are looking to build around or throw a lot of money on. So I think Miami could theoretically re-sign him, even if they'll wind up losing out on a guy like Johnson or Waiters if they leave in free agency. On top of that, um, you know, I, I think you, you can cer- certainly teach him some defensive things that he might not necessarily have right now with Portland. I think Spolstra will take the time. Juwan Howard in particular will work with him, maybe a little bit of Alonzo Mourning. They'll get him to be more of a, a, a versatile defender, more able different defender. So I actually really like that. He, he, he's, a, he's a uh, change of pace back, so to speak. Willie Reed is the rim protector. You know, he could protect the rim for as long as you need him to re- protect the rim for. Plumlee could come in either off the bench or he could be the starter. He's great at setting screens and facilitating the ball. Uh, he's one of the best playmakers at center that there is. That's why I like the deal. Mm-hmm. Plus a future first. Maybe maybe Portland wants a top 10 protected. But if you're the Heat and Portland makes this offer to you, do you take it? Top 10 protected first round pick. Let's say that because that's logically what makes sense yeah i think so i think i think you have a chance to continue to build uh with a good core a versatile core i, I think it works so yeah i mean good deal so far all right you're out then all right then uh, my first trade okay this would be a three-team trade well let me restart the, the timer actually sorry um so <laughs> we yeah, said it would so get messy let's restart it yeah there we go okay so <laughs> let's see a three-teamer with the Sacramento Kings, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Miami Heat. So the Heat would get back DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, and Drew Holiday. The Pelicans would get Costa Kufos, Tyler Johnson, and Giannis Papagiannis. Is that his name, I think? from Papagiannis. Uh, Papagiannis, yep. Yeah, Papagiannis from, from the Kings. And the Kings would get Goran Dragic, 
Hassan Whiteside, and Omar Ashik. Okay. I'm going to ask you to just go through that trade one more time just so that sure. that will benefit the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So the Heat get Cousins, Gay, and Giroux Holiday. The Pelicans get Kufos, Tyler Johnson, Papa Giannis. And the Kings get Whiteside, Dragic, and Asik. I'll break it down for each team. So for the Kings, they'll lose their back, their starting centers and their, their backup center as well with Kufos. We'll do, so it, this be getting... do it this way. What, did, what does Miami lose in the trade? Miami will give up Whiteside, Dragic, and Tyler Johnson. And they're getting... In exchange... And the, the Marcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, and Drew Holiday. Now, Rudy Gay, obviously, coming off a major injury, so you're not going to count on him this season. Right. Theoretically, he'll opt into his contract if he returns to full health. You shore up that power forward position that might be vacated by James Johnson. You arguably get one of the most talented centers in the league in DeMarcus Cousins. And certainly, with I think with Pat Riley and the impact he's had on centers throughout his career, could theoretically get DeMarcus to focus on a bigger picture and not necessarily lose his temper. I think given his latest blow up, you know, against the Chicago Bulls a couple nights ago, I think Sacramento could be more willing to entertain offers for Cousins. And then with Drew Holiday, I don't think you'll lose much. He's a different pace than Goran Dragic, but he's still very young. He's had a number of injuries, but he's played very well this season overall. He can space the floor. He's more athletic. Unfortunately, he's also a free agent, so you have a little bit of a risk there. But theoretically, you can get him on a similar deal to what you did with Dragic, you know, where you you make that trade under the assumption that he'll be willing to sign here in Miami full time uh, and beyond this season. So I I think it it addresses a number of concerns there. So this is a gambit by the Heat to get a massive upgrade, a top, a potential top ten player in the NBA, and Demarcus Cousins, right? Because I agree with your assessment with Drew Holiday. He's not as good as Goran Dragic. So I think you're downgrading at point guard, giving away an asset like Tyler Johnson, regardless of what we think about his contract. I think, like, in a vacuum, you can get more than Rudy Gay back for Tyler Johnson, right? A Rudy Gay on an Achilles injury that is a free agent. You don't know what his future is going to be. Maybe Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay pre-injury, that's a fair swap. Post-injury, not at all. So you're, that's a downgrade there, asset-wise. But that... That potential upgrade to get a real true superstar on a, on a team that really is, as much as we love this Heat team and how fun they've been on this 11-game win streak, they are absent a true superstar. Being able to get a DeMarcus right. Cousins, that could potentially be huge, right? Like, all of a sudden now you the Heat have a difference maker. Or potentially they have a player that completely submarines them. That's the That's the wonderful mystery that is DeMarcus Cousins. But it's a really, that's a big swing. And... We know Pat Riley likes to take big swings. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's ever taken a swing. Literally, I don't know that he's ever taken a swing that big because even when he traded for Alonzo Mourning or or you know made the well, you know made the signings for LeBron and Chris Bosh, I mean nobody ever was as polarizing nearly as Demarcus Cousins and just the overall locker room question mark that he is. I, I think you know that you the, you brought up the Mourning trade was a, a good point to make because I think. If it had been a world of social media where we would have had more access to insider information mm-hmm. and, and his his scowling face and the kind of conflict that we heard about taking place in the Charlotte Hornets locker room between him and, and Larry Johnson and the rest of his teammates. I mean, this was a guy who was basically saying to Charlotte, I'm not going to resign here. You know, in 1995, he was coming off of his rookie deal and right. he was basically saying, I don't want to sign here. You guys can go screw yourselves. And basically – 
what Pat Riley does is he always has is, is swoop in there and say, okay, we've got a disgruntled player. I can basically I think there's a difference between disgruntled much. superstar and just disgruntled at the world person that DeMarcus Cousins okay. seems to be. I, I, I think I think you could pitch Cousins on on being the star of this team, on having the kind of structure that he's right. never had at Sacramento. I think he's frustrated, and there's no doubt that some of his personal – I'm sure a lot of Heat fans would say, no, I don't want to touch him with the 10-foot pole – but you haven't seen him. I don't think you see a lot of Sacramento other than the bad things that happened, the vines, the the blowups, the videos, et cetera. You hear about him being a pissy guy. You don't hear him. You don't hear about him going to, you know, Walmart and buying dozens of local area kids Christmas Christmas presents when he when he dresses up as Santa Cuz. You know, that that's not what you hear about. You hear him. You hear about him picking up his 16th technical just past the halfway point of the season. So, so I, I think you, it's worth the deal. You you like it. So you're looking at a starting lineup right now. If the Heat were to make this trade now, Holiday, Dion Waiters, Magruder because Gay is injured, sure. James Johnson and Luke Babbitt at power forward, that combination that Miami's been rolling out, and of course DeMarcus, and DeMarcus. Cousins at center. Yeah, you can play DeMarcus uh, power forward, bring in Willie Reed Ooh. occasionally if you want to. I do like that. You could start James Jones. Yeah, small there's board, a lot of options. Now you're playing yeah. really big. Now you're playing yeah. really big. Um, I mean, it, a lot of good things here, I think. And look, I think by getting rid of Tyler Johnson, although you don't want to lose a guy like Tyler who's been such a contributor, I mean, the reality is you've got Josh Richardson under contract for at least yes. another couple seasons. Tyler and Johnson's not even my fear. And Tyler Johnson's not even my fear with it. It's... It's um, Drew Holiday being on an expiring contract. But if he gets traded to Miami, I feel like Drew Holiday would be like, within a deal and a package that nets to Marcus Cousins as well, he might be yes. like, you know what, Miami's pretty dope. I think I'll stay here. I'm really not worried about Drew leaving, um, especially because he was in New Orleans before. It's like he's not going to go back to New Orleans. Like that kind of you know weird roster and flux organization doesn't really know what it's doing. Miami yeah. might be a better fit. So, and if I don't you get Rudy I, Gay at eighty percent, I mean, yeah. you're still going to have a good player who can do a lot of things. Again, not and necessarily the star. He's always team. wanted to be in Miami, and after the injury, the Heat have leverage to re-sign him on the cheap, one-year deal, three million dollars or something, and just say like, "Look, you're injured. You got to prove it for yeah. a year, and then we'll get you back next year." If you, if you, I don't know. It's worth. It's it's interesting. If you're going to ask me if I would do it, it scares the hell out of me. If Miami got live like a, a little, live a little. If Miami got like a first round pick back, because I'm not sure if Gay and, and Holiday are not, I'm I'm not certain that they're going to resign. Right, like a team could come in and swoop in on Drew Holiday and offer him the max deal. And well, remember, know, Gay's not a free agent. He's got a player option, which oh, he's probably going to elect. That's true. You're right. You're absolutely. So right. he's on the books next yeah. season for 13 million, which yeah, is so pretty reasonable deal. Yeah. So, but Holiday, man, on that expiring is what is what freaks me out. I don't know. But we should move on to the next one. Let's do um, it. All right. Uh, okay. So a deal involving the Heat and the Lakers. Okay. Miami sends Hassan Whiteside. Seems to be a trend here. The Heat send Hassan Whiteside and get Timofey Mozgov and Brandon Ingram, the second pick in the draft from this season, back. Mm. That's it. Mozgov, Ingram for Whiteside. So <sighs> what I'm looking at now, and so the idea behind this is very similar to my Portland trade. Right. Let Whiteside go. I've been thinking a lot about this core, and I want to save this maybe for a, a written piece, but the gist of it is, I don't know how far you can go with a core of Dragic, Waiters assuming that the Heat want to resign him, and Whiteside, because those are three ball-dominant players. They need the ball to be effective, mo- to be the most effective they can be. I don't know if mm-hmm. you can lump in another 
Jimmy Butler or Carmelo Anthony or something in that trio and have the ball move the way it needs to to be for this team to be as good as they can and to basically make the contracts worth it, right? To make sure that you're not overpaying somebody that's not going to touch the ball so much. I mean, the Warriors are able to get rid the Warriors are able to do it with with Draymond Green, Durant, Curry and and Klay Thompson not because well, in addition to not only are they just just so unselfish, but Curry has a much a way below market contract. Once that happens and they they don't have all those guys, it might be hard for them to do that. And that's what I'd be fearful of the Miami Heat with and adding a superstar. So that's why I keep trading Whiteside because I don't know he he's going to net the most back that more so than Dragic or Waiters. So that's why I'm trading Whiteside. And that's why I want I like this idea of having Dragic and Waiters in the backcourt, Brandon Ingram at small forward, who doesn't need the ball right now because he's 19 and doesn't demand it, and he can just catch and shoot and grow. James Johnson at power forward, Willie Reed at center. It's an intriguing one because it's certainly, you know, you're acquiring arguably a great first-round pick in Ingram. So you wonder whether or not the Lakers would be willing to do it knowing that, you know, they're, they're clearly in a rebuild. They started off the season hot. You wonder if they'd be willing to move on a guy like Ingram, who you know is arguably the, the team superstar of the future. But maybe they've seen enough where they're not exactly sold on his potential, and they want to bring another big name center to a team. They want to unload the Mozgov contract, uh, and, and maybe they could pitch Whiteside on being the guy to fall next in line. You know, Howard, O'Neal, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe there's potential for that to work for them. I, I just. I, you know, this was the original text that started this whole podcast idea in the first place. I just don't know if Mozgov's contract is one that I'd like. Now, he's still young. That's, I mean, we yeah. think of him as being around for a long time, but he played with Denver. You know, he was with the Knicks before that, and he's been with Cleveland where he, you know, arguably just didn't fit into that system. But he still started off the season playing fairly well, and I think he can contribute if he's just in a limited role. And I, and I think that's what would happen here when you still have Dragic and waiters and everything else. Basically what's happened with Whiteside during the streak, with the exception of that Philadelphia 76ers game where he went 30 and 20, he hasn't been the kind of dominant player. He's been more of a tertiary role, not necessarily holding the ball as much or needing the ball as much as you had talked about. So I think you can sell Mozgov on embracing that third role there. And he'd be, you know, he'd be a fine fit. And then you always have the potential of Ingram who can play the three, the four, Maybe if he puts on more weight, I mean, and with Miami's system and habit of developing players, <laughs> I can't deny that it's really intriguing. I, I'd be sorry to take on Mozgov's contract and lose what Whiteside does as far as a rim protector, but I think the potential of Ingram makes it worth it. I, to me, I, I make the deal, to be honest with you. And from the Lakers, you know, you're wondering, okay, can we boost this thing? The, the bus family, everything, they're like, look— We've got a really nice roster intact. We've got our coach of the future. I think Luke Walton's proven that he's a he's a, a good coach. He's a guy that's yeah. going to be able to get this team moving in the right direction. Can we fast forward this thing a little bit? Can we pump? Can we like hit the gas on this thing? And what D'Angelo Russell has been strong this year. They're getting a lot out of guys like Julius Randle had, deserves real consideration for um, most improved player. Like that, the, mm-hmm. the leap he's taken this year has been incredible, and he's been he's incredibly versatile so between Randall and Russell you might feel like okay that's our core and Ingram hasn't been that impressive there are questions about his weight and if he can put on muscle onto that frame he doesn't score at the rate that you assume like he came into the league like this guy is an NBA ready scorer and he hasn't even really done that much less than anything else I wonder if this team's like look we could trade this guy get rid of this Mozgov deal that was like 
I think they must have buyer's remorse. Like they they had to sign that deal and just immediately be like, oh shit. He's coming off the bench now in LA. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So look, the, and the Heat would be biting the bullet on that contract, uh, sixteen million a year basically for four years. But you're getting Ingram, a potential star, at a, at a rookie scale contract. So you lump them together and you're looking at twenty twenty one million dollars for the pair, and that seems fair. You know what I mean? If you lump them together that way, so. Um, in, in that way, I think you're getting a, a potential star at much below market value, somebody that might be able to eventually turn into your number one scorer, and yeah, you got Moskov, but look, you're able to bring him off the bench, you're able to play Willie Reed a little bit more, you're not paying a center upwards of $20 million regardless, even if Moskov's almost that. I don't know, I think, it, and that's part of the reason maybe the Lakers do the deals, because they're able to rid themselves of the Moskov contract part with a, a 19-year-old Brennan Ingram and maybe jumpstart their thing. So, um, I like it. All right, good. I, as time master, I'd say that we've gone over on almost every deal, so we're okay. <laughs> we're, we're not exactly sticking to the rules. But you know what? Who cares? The rules were made to be broken, right? And, yeah. and they're short-lived ones, so it's all right. So, all right, let's move on to our four trade then. This one is also a three-teamer, and with this one, I've got Miami acquiring Wilson Chandler, mm. Emmanuel Moutier, and Gary Harris in exchange for the Pelicans who received Tyler Johnson and Yusuf Nurkic and the Nuggets get Goran Dragic and Omar Ashik. So your proposed the heat, heat starting lineup then? The proposed starting lineup would be Moutier at point guard. Yeah. Dion Waiters. You could start... Wilson Chandler as an upgrade over Rodney Magruder, mm-hmm. or you could have Rodney Magruder, or you could have Rodney Magruder start small forward and maybe move Chandler to the power forward position where he did play some for for Denver, and then you still have Whiteside there, and James Johnson's still in round right, and James Johnson's still there. So basically, you're just jettisoning Goran, Tyler Johnson in exchange for Chandler, Moutier, and Harris. Now the Pelicans make the deal because they're looking to acquire a center. Um, you've heard rumors about them looking to acquire Jalil Okafor from the 76ers. So maybe they get a guy like Nurkic, who's basically a much better mobile, younger player who can grow alongside Anthony Davis, very similar time frame. They get another playmaker in Tyler Johnson. For the Nuggets, they boost their point guard position a, a million percent uh, by jettisoning Moutier. They get Goran Dragic, who plays at the right speed for their young core. Imagine fast breaks alongside him and 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 ha- uh, and ha- not Harris, sorry, uh, Jamal Murray um, and, and and Kenneth Fareed and Nokic. I mean that that combination of Dragic and Nokic would be absolutely deadly. And now they'll have to take on Omar Asik's burdensome contract, but he'll still come in there and play the backup center position every once in a while. Uh, he's still fairly young, despite the fact it seems like he's been around forever. You have to pay him a lot, but their salary cap isn't necessarily concerned. They've got Dragic there for four years at a relatively reasonable deal. And all they're really sacrificing is Gary Harris, who's a potential asset for them. But he's not necessarily getting as much playing time. And Chandler's already asked for a trade. So for Miami, the deal works on a lot of levels because if James Johnson leaves in free agent agency, you've got Chandler there for the next couple of years who's – Arguably around the same type of player as Jane Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's not yeah. exactly the same playmaker, but he spaces the floor probably better than James does. Um, he can play defense at a pretty solid level. Again, versatile enough where you can play him at the three or four, not necessarily the five. And then in Moutier, look, again, with Miami's track record of development, you could probably make Moutier a very serviceable player. So I, I think that works on a lot of levels. And then with Gary Harris, again, if Deion Waiters leaves, 
You've got a nice young player who can space the floor, who provides some youth there. And it's basically just, you know, restarting the rebuild a little bit, but at the same time, positioning yourself for a better long-term future. And Chandler next, he's in a four-year deal, right? So there's... He's got two more years after this season. Right, right. So two more years after this season, James Johnson is a free agent. You mentioned waiters. So this is in a lot of ways hedging maybe on free agents that you have. Sure, Deion Waiters leaves. You got Gary Harris. If James Johnson demands more than I think Chandler's going to be making twelve million ish next year. If James million. Johnson is getting eleven million, so if James yeah. Johnson is getting fourteen, fifteen, sixteen million offer sheets next year, and we saw from Lou Dang getting eighteen million from the the mm-hmm. Lakers, who knows, right? Um, you say, look, we'll hedge. We got Wilson Chandler locked in for much less of the price. It makes sense to me financially. I don't know if I would do it because you're losing Goran Dragic. I will say this. If you do this trade, you do it now. And you don't do it after the season because this is a trade you do absolutely now. This would make the Heat worse this year, but potentially better in the future. So if you do this, you basically admit, all right, 11-game win streak, that was great. Let's tank. Then you get a Markel Fultz, Alonzo Ball, possibly Dennis Smith Jr., any of these point guards, maybe bring them in. Then you have a little bit of competition there at point guard between Moutier and the rookie. And that way you're basically, look, we got two options. One of these guys has got to be better than Dragic at some point in the future, and that's our best way to do it. Um, it's a really interesting trade. It's another. I like your trades because this is another one where you're really hedging, but you're sacrificing a lot of what makes this team fun. And would you do it if you're the Heat? I think, you know, I've been pretty consistent in not liking Tyler Johnson's contract. And right. I think he keeps saying, oh, next year, next year, next year. Yeah, but, you know, it's going to be harder to unload him next year because given his health status, he's one bad game away from you know, incurring another separated shoulder or God knows what, you know. So you don't necessarily want to risk that. You want to be able to make that move now because I don't think there's ever going to be a point. And, I, I, you know, we love Tyler and what he does. But I don't think there's ever going to be a point where he's going to be worth $20 million. We've already heard rumors that the, the expanded cap is going to be lowered in a couple of seasons. It's not going to be as high as we had previously anticipated. That $19, $20 million hit is going to feel really, really bad. Uh, and I think you want to move from that contract. And then for the Pelicans, again, you're, you're helping them out. They're getting younger, a playmaker, somebody that can build along the same timeline as, as Anthony Davis. That's their key there. They're getting rid of Omar Ashik, which they didn't want in the first place. So it works for them on an all-up-levels. For Denver, they get an yeah. upgraded point guard. Yeah, Dragic is an absolute fit in Denver. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, it depends on what we think of Moutier, right? So, look. I like, I, I like, I like him. I know you do. I know you do. I'd have to – look, I, I, I hear the trade. Let me table it. I'm going to have to watch, I'm gonna have to go watch some film on Moutier before I make a decision. Sure. I need to go watch more film. Um, okay. Last round of trades here then. Um, the Miami Heat. Send Hassan Whiteside and Tyler Johnson to the Chicago Bulls, and a fir- and their first round. This is going to be not at the deadline. This is going to be a draft day trade. It's going to be very exciting. And whoever they take with, take with their first round pick, so Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, and whoever they take with their first round pick to the Bulls for Jimmy Butler and Robin Lopez. Oh, no explanation necessary. That works. <laughs> like I mean, so I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, okay. mean, I love it. So here's. The idea, right? As much as I would love to fold Butler in, I went I went through two different trades to get Butler, right? This was my last trade. I was like, I want Jim Butler. How do we make it happen? So this I went through a few different trades. 
Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, Tyler Johnson, and another contract, possibly Josh McRoberts, and the first-round pick for Butler. So the, the Bulls get a massive influx of youth, really good players, to basically just replace the outgoing Butler. You assume maybe they throw Rondo in there or something where they're able to just get rid of their veterans and just, you know, punch up the youth on this roster a little bit and just kind of massively start the rebuild immediately. There's that route. But then you're, again, you're lumping Whiteside, Dragic, and Waiters in with Jimmy Butler. And look, as much as good as Jimmy Butler is, I'm not willing to just write off Deion Waiters to keep Jimmy Butler. Not going to happen. So, um, Dragic, Waiters, Butler, and Whiteside does scare me a little bit just because the ball might not be able to get around as much. And I don't think that that really, the spacing is not great, and I'm not sure that that's going to leverage the strengths of the roster. But you could trade Whiteside and Tyler Johnson. Now you're getting rid of that Tyler Johnson contract we just talked about. You still ha- you're still you able to re-sign Willie Reed because Butler is making substantially less money than Whiteside. You're able to re-sign Willie Reed. You're getting Robin, Lo- Robin Lopez to backfill. That's not a contract nearly the same as Timothy Mozgov's deal, and we both like Robin Lopez as a player. He's just a yeah. solid do-gooder, right? Like, And... Um, and now you have Dragic, Waiters, Butler, re-sign James Johnson, Willie Reed. That's your starting lineup. You can have Robin Lopez come off the bench. You still have a good 48 minutes at center. Uh, and Justice Winslow now comes off the bench. He's your he's your sixth man. Josh Richardson's still there. Rodney Magruder's still there. You can bring back Wayne Ellington to keep the floor spacing. Um, yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. I think... I think Players would hate the loss of Whiteside, but I think they might even hate the loss of the first round pick even more. But again, as we talked about recently, the opportunity to draft for a player is a wonderful one. But you hope that he'll turn into a player half as good as Jimmy Butler. You know, the fact that you can get a player as good as Butler now and in return, get a guy who's been moved around so often in the league, but is so consistent. Robin Lopez is just really underrated. I mean, he's played with Portland, New Orleans, Phoenix. New York, and he's made all those teams better. He's fit into a dysfunctional Chicago team this year. You don't ever hear anything bad about what he does. He, he reads his comics. He beats up on his uh, his mascots. And the fun of him chasing Bernie around the American Airlines arena, come on, who wouldn't want That's that? That's worth the trade on in and of itself. That's right. I'd, I'd send a first-rounder just for that. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, and, like, look, you don't need the first-round pick because that's your team. Dragic, right. Waiters, and Jimmy Butler with Willie Reed, James Johnson. You got, and you still have guys like Winslow, Magruder, and Josh Richardson, and hey, O'Carroll White on a two-year deal. You still all got, you got all those guys to develop. Groom those guys. So, all right, what's your final trade? I know this one's a biggie. Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm probably a little scared. Uh, it's a four-team trade, so okay. this is going to be cumbersome, hard for our listeners to understand. But just picture it this way: I'll break it down for, for all the teams. First, the Miami Heat get back. Ennis Cantor and Wilson Chandler. So we just talked about Wilson Chandler. We'll get back Ennis Cantor. The Denver Nuggets will receive Josh McRoberts and Tyler Johnson. The Sacramento Kings will get Hassan Whiteside and Domantas Sabonis from the Thunder. And the Oklahoma City Thunder will receive Matt Barnes and DeMarcus Cousins. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. So... I'll break down the other teams first just because I feel like I have to. For the Nuggets, sure. they get another guard in Johnson who plays up to the pace 
Uh, I think he works pretty well there, even though they have a pretty loaded backcourt. I think, you know, you never know what's going to happen with guys like Murray or Harris. You could look to move Moutier, as we've heard rumors about that. So if you get a guy like Tyler Johnson, he's another guy that can play there. And eventually it'll cost a lot of money. He can play point guard where those other – you said it was a crowded backcourt. Guys like Harris and all those guys, they're not really point guards guys. Right, yeah. They're they're shooting guards mostly. But, yeah, you're right. He's another another tweener as far as the backcourt is concerned. But why not? It works. So – and then if McRoberts ever comes back and plays healthily – you know, he'd be great in that system. Yes. Can you imagine him no, and, and Nokic whipping passes all around the court? It'd be wonderful. I mean, it'd be a high-octane offense. They'd be scoring 130 points a game. They'd be giving up 125. But so what? That's you know, that's Michael Malone's concern. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, their window with Russell Westbrook is narrowing, I think. And if they acquired DeMarcus Cousins, who's an explosive personality perhaps, but all of a sudden is in a really steady organization like the Thunder, and one that takes great pride and protecting their players from the media, I think he'd thrive. He could play the power forward position next to Adams. If Adams gets hurt or lead, or you know, he's got a big contract, but for now you you got that two, you know, huge front court there. Uh and, and that's the way, as you saw last year, you can beat up on the on the Golden State Warriors. All of a sudden your title contention odds increase quite a bit. You get Matt Barnes, who, you know, is kind of a a troublesome player, but he's been with he's always been appreciated on whatever team he's played for. I think his teammates always like him. You get him in a winning position and he can still do some things. Like he's obviously degraded as he's aged, but I think the opportunity to get another potential defender uh, at the small forward position so that you can throw him against either the Clippers or or the Warriors in the playoff series, it's worth it. And then for the Kings, they get back their boy Hassan Whiteside. And they also pick up a nice critical piece that you can develop for the future in Sabonis, another power forward. He's starting for the Thunder. He spaces the floor. He plays good defense. Now for the Heat, obviously Chandler, we've always talked, we already talked about. He's an upgrade in a lot of ways. He's a guy you have under contract relatively cheaply for the next couple of years. I think he'll thrive in Miami. And you get back in his canter. Now, now the concerns with Cantor obviously are defensive. The thing is, he's also extremely young, and I think Miami could get him. He's, he's younger than Willie Reed. We we tend to forget that because he's been in the league for so long, but he's younger than Willie Reed. I think he's a guy who has a huge upside. Yeah, just 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really young. He can score incredibly well. You throw the ball in, and he's going to score in a low post. His defense can be taught. I think he can develop to being a versatile offensive player. You can bring him off the bench, which is what Oklahoma City does. And he's still way cheaper than Hassan Whiteside. And you could potentially re-sign Willie Reed to be the starter on a relatively cheap deal. Um, you know, give him starter minutes. And when he picks up, you know, the quick two fouls, you bring in Cantor there. Or you could go big. You could go small with Cantor and Wilson Chandler at the four. A lot of options there and a lot of scoring. So I like this deal for Miami. I hated this deal when you first said it. I was like, you are crazy. You're crazy. But the more you talked about it and the more, and I wrote all that stuff down that you said, and um, the more I'm looking at it, look, you're right. You get a guy like Cantor who's just 24, Whiteside's 27. That's a three-year difference for a position that doesn't have a long shelf life. And Cantor's window probably lines up more with the window that this team is at like waiters let's say you re-sign him he's 25 winslow obviously is 20 richardson is also young Dragic is the old guy in the room but he's a young 30 um Cantor's post moves are terrific he is 
improved defensively this year under Billy Donovan, so. and he yes. has oh, absolutely, he's at least playable now, right? And that's why he's yeah. in the sixth man of the year talking talk because his numbers are outrageous because he's on the floor, he's on the floor more often. Um, we know we know Spolstra can get him even better defensively. We know that absolutely for a fact. So I like that. I, I like the idea. I was writing down the potential lineup. I originally had Reed and Cantor in the front court. I was like, nope, Cantor and Chandler in the front court. But you can go either way. But I love the idea of Cantor, right. Cantor Chandler at power forward, Justice Winslow. And really, those are interchangeable forward spots, right? Depending on the matchup. Right. Waiters and Dragic. That is a really spacey, interesting lineup. Plus, in no situation, you didn't mention that a first-round pick. Miami would still have their first-round pick. Could you imagine... This this trade makes Miami worse right now. So if you do it at the dead, deadline, and you just... If you commit to tanking, and you put Markel Fultz in that lineup, you know, maybe the Heat win the... They end up with a top five or top... Th- one of the worst three records in the NBA or something. And... Because they're very... They're still very close to that. They're as close to a, one of the worst four records in the NBA as they are to the playoffs. Even after this 11-win right. streak. So they could they could submarine the rest of the year... Win the lottery for payback for not winning the Derrick Rose lottery. Win the lottery <laughs> um, and take Markel Fultz and you put him on that team. And that's crazy. That's a crazy, young, good, interesting, spacey, rangy, fast team. I kind of like it. I kind of like that deal. I kind of like it. It's oh, an interesting also, one, yeah. I, I just for the one reason alone of putting DeMarcus Cousins and Russell Westbrook on the same freaking team, that's, yeah. that's a trade that needs to happen. Like just, I don't know if Miami's. I don't know if it's this trade and Miami's involved, but the idea of Boogie and Russ on one team solves so many problems. Solves so many problems. It really, it, first of all, it takes away that problem of do I watch the Kings or the Thunder tonight? That problem's gone. You watch the Thunder. Also, the, I think Westbrook could rein him in, right? I mean, he's the one guy, probably or one like, of the few or, guys in the league. Or completely, they just completely feed off of each other's. Like anger issues intensity, or whatever yeah. intensity, <laughs> and the thing just goes crazy and blows up, and it would be equally as entertaining. So either that, either it's like it's it's either oil and water or it's just you know coal and fire. <laughs> I don't know which one it's going to be, but it would be either one. It would be incredibly fun to watch. <laughs> so yeah, I feel bad breaking up the mustache brothers, but you know, other than that, I think it works out. Hey, I think somebody on this roster can grow a mustache. I think Winslow could probably grow a mustache, even though he's like the youngest oh, dude on the roster. He's got like <laughs> he's got the facial hair thing going. We get some we can get some mustaches going. Yeah, Dion played with him too in, in Oklahoma City, That's so there'd right. be a little familiarity there. Yeah. Hmm. I do like it. And and the heat would save money in the in the aggregate. They yeah. could probably you could you could add like a Gordon Hayward or something to this, and maybe not that oh. bit, not maybe not that big of a contract. I'd have to break down the numbers, but you can you could add another player to this. Well, you could even if you lose Reed in free agency, right. you get in. A, you can try to find somebody else who's a, a long rim protector who could just play spot minutes as a starter, mm-hmm. and then he's not necessarily going to get you know like the way Luke Babbitt kind of starts for this team. You get somebody who comes in there, shores up the defense a little bit as a starter, then you bring Canner in off the bench, right. and you look and you say, oh, well, he's making $17 million a year. Why would you want him coming off the bench? Well, you know, maybe, again, because of his defensive issues, if he doesn't make that huge leap under Spolstra, but you still want his 18, 19 points per game, which is, I think, uh, an added benefit there. You lose those with the white side, but uh, I, I think he's a guy who can grow. He's younger than Whiteside, cheaper than Whiteside. Better, and I think and it works. A, again. Much more 
potential offensively, and he's a better. Oh, he's arguably he's a, he's, a better. He's offensive. a three-point shooter. He's a three-point yeah. shooter, and he's probably a better offensive rebounder than Whiteside. Whiteside is good, and his Cantor yeah. is like top of the elite. league. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, he's elite. So, not really losing much on that end. All right, I think those are all our trades. That's, yeah. That was yeah. that was a lot to take in. I think we have a lot of options to sift through, and uh, that was fun. Yeah, I think our listening audience is going to sit back with a cigarette after this one because that's like <laughs> they, they're going to have to break it down. We 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 threw that lot at them, but they're they're sitting back there, you know, chalkboards filled with all sorts of equations on trying to make this work. <laughs> but we want to hear from you. You know, if you have any comments about it, shoot us an email, send us something via Twitter. We always want to hear from from our, our listeners. If you like the deal, if you think we should tweak it a little bit. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, look, we went through a lot, but look, we call we call our own shots, and it's usually based on a collection of data. So that's what oh, we did no. today. Um, oh no, <laughs> that's all we have today. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, thank you for listening. Get in touch with the show on Twitter at Locked On Heat or by email, where you can send us mailbag questions or your own trade proposals. That's LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. If you aren't subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically every day. Then go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Say nice things about us. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. Yeah, it was.